Hey everyone, welcome to Mad Max Curio Emporium. Still going through the old episodes. This intro is for the Season 1, Episode 7, 2018 Midterms and Magic. This was published November 6th, 2018. If you have been listening to my podcast, you may have figured out I'm liberal, closer to radical. And if you haven't picked up on that, I guess I'm now telling you and you now know. I was one of the people holding my breath, waiting to see how those midterm elections were going to go, and I have chosen not to re-listen to that episode simply because here in um, August 2019, I have enough now politics to deal with and to stress out about. But I know I gave some good advice. I specifically remember talking about the teas and temperatures and some self-care necessary to stay balanced and I'm sure more political episodes will be forthcoming if you choose to listen to this one for the I don't know macabre uh, nostalgia of it I I hope you enjoy I don't know that this is one of the more enjoyable episodes but I, I guess let me know let me know what you think of my politics you're not gonna hurt my feelings it's fine and uh if you're new, I hope you're not starting with this episode. If you're re-listening, I hope you're not starting with this episode. Um, but here it is. Season 1, Episode 7, 2018 Midterms and Magic. Happy U.S. Election Day, witches. Oh boy, if you are anything like me right now, you just desperately want to be breathing into a brown paper bag and burning effigies of Trump, Pence, McConnell, Kavanaugh, and the rest of these deplorable, despicable individuals in our government. If you're not like me, then this episode may not resonate with you. So, I have been away for a little bit. I wanted to enjoy a nice uh, fall festival, Samhain, Samhain, however you pronounce it, I don't care. It was amazing. And in that time, I just sort of reflected. I meditated on the things that I need to let go of so that I can pursue the things that matter. And this is 100% something that matters. So if you have not gone out and voted, do it now. I'm uploading this today. Go vote. Vote blue. If you're going to vote red, this is not for you. This is not an episode that's going to resonate with you. This might not be a podcast that is going to resonate with you. You need to go out and vote like you have no privileges. Because we are at a point where we have got to stand up for people who do not have our privileges and all politics are local. It starts on a local level and builds from there. You have to be motivated. You have to be determined. If you are wondering what you would have done 
during the times of slavery in the U.S., during the times of the Holocaust in Germany, what you are doing now is what you would have done then. If you are being complacent now, you would have been complacent then. This is a reflection of your character. Wise up, get educated, take action. Right now, we still have peaceful-ish options. We can go vote. We can vote against bigotry and fascism. Right now, we have that option where we can cast a vote to make a difference. We will not always have that option. If we don't take action now, the problems are only going to increase. I speak as somebody with a tremendous amount of privilege. I am very fortunate. There are many things in my day-to-day life that I get to do without worrying about consequences the same way people of a different sexual orientation, a different ethnicity would have to take into consideration. However, I'm a woman and I absolutely am mindful of the view this current administration has regarding women and I get enraged. I get outraged, but it is not productive if I don't do something with it. And I have to take physical action by voting, by speaking out, by making myself available to help others who need a ride to the poll, who need to find out where their polling place may be located, doing those things. And then I can add my magic because you can absolutely take action in the magical realm, in the spiritual realm to help push forward change. So I mentioned burning effigies, and that is absolutely something I am feeling more and more driven to do. The universe uh, decided to drop a red wasp into my home last night, found it on the floor. It was very random. I collected it. It will be part of a spell. I will use it as a component for a spell as I see fit. I am going to do the things I can to bind one of the things I will be doing, and I encourage any witches out there to do, bind those who seek to interfere with the elections. We know that Russia has had a hand in interfering with elections. That is absolutely something that has taken place. So do your bindings, do your hexings, so that anybody who tries to zip-zap-zop and interfere with a voting machine runs into obstacles. Do the same. Cast protection on people going to vote, especially people who are experiencing an unprecedented amount of voter oppression. People who are being stopped at the polls, people who have been purged from the voter registry unjustly, something that is happening in Georgia. Cast protection for those people. And similarly, cast bindings on the people who are doing it. Try to stop people in their tracks who are holding up people's right to vote. They are trying to create an imbalance. They are trying to prevent the majority's voice from being heard. America is looking so ugly. We are looking like such horrific bigots. And that's not actually the majority. That's not actually who the majority of us are. But people in power want to stay in power. They stay in power by appealing to our most reptile, 
brain in fear and fear of other, specifically working by manipulating that fear of other. And we've got to put a stop to that because we're better than that. So go vote. And this isn't just going to be a a rant on voting. In fact, I'm going to try to tie it up now. I have been terribly anxious. It's going to be a a very anxious Tuesday. Um, So here's a couple of things. Let's get into a little bit of self-care. Because if you're going to be slinging spells, you're going to need to take some time to take care of yourself afterwards. On top of any anxiety you have about the election outcome, you're going to be draining yourself casting spells. So you've got to replenish your energy afterwards. I have spent a great deal of time getting my tinctures going. I've got several. I've got some skullcap tincture. I've got some cinnamon, some feverfew. I whipped up a very potent sort of all-purpose tincture. It's like everything plus the kitchen sink. And it's not going to be the tastiest tincture, but it is going to be very effective when I need a holistic blast, when I'm feeling the ultra X. The idea is this is something that can bring some healing and bring some relief. One of the things I made that I have been nibbling on frequently, I made a batch of cookies. I've sort of freestyled and made a batch of cookies for Samhain and they are very spice heavy and the secret ingredient that's obviously not a secret since I'm saying it here the secret ingredient poppy seeds now this is a gluten-free recipe because I have a, a gluten intolerance gluten allergy whatever I can call it that won't offend people I cannot have gluten. It does horrible things to my body. So it is, uh, it's keto. If for anyone that may, um, entice, they are delicious. I am so hooked on them. I've already made a second batch. Um, the recipe makes about 20 cookies. And that is something that I will be including in my list of recipes to be shared with Patreons. They are really yummy, really spicy. And by spicy, I mean they've got the cinnamon and the clove. It just, it tastes like fall. They are a very, very nice treat to have with tea. And speaking of tea, I was able to get some lovely bulk herbs from one of our uh, local uh, natural food stores. And I have been making it by the jarful. So a large jar of things like sage, thyme, chamomile, um, a couple of other herbs. So it's not geared as much toward taste as healing and nourishing because I have got this little tickle of a cough that I'll shake and then it kind of creeps back in. So I don't need a full blast of like antibiotics, but I do need to just be drinking tea, be taking my tinctures, and that tends to keep me on the level. So the cookies I mentioned go great with this tea. I'll make a big batch in a jar and let it just sort of sit through the day, pour some, pour some into my mug, add a little hot water, because it's very potent. As it's been setting, it gets very strong. 
So you're able to add a little bit of water to not thin it out, but bring it to a potency that's not going to uh, knock you on your ass. And it is so herbaceous is definitely the best word for it. Not really astringent, but because of the time in the sage, it's it's a heavy herbaceous tea. The, the chamomile adds a lightness to it. And as you're sipping it, oh, it, it does feel heavenly. And then you can nibble on the cookie and be a very happy witch. The other thing I made was some homemade mold wine. I, I call it my medicinal mold wine because there's, again, a heavy emphasis on it having medicinal properties. So it has elderberry, it has whole cloves, it has cinnamon, it had orange, um, ginger, turmeric, and a couple of other spices, and simmered for a while. So the base got nice and potent. And then I added the wine and simmered a little bit longer. And when I put that in a jar, it was very, very strong, which is I like to make something nice and strong. So then I can add hot water as needed to thin it out. So if I'm needing like a real punch of that mold wine, then I'll pour it straight, a shot's worth of it, heat it up and take it. And it is like taking medicine versus a nice sipping mold wine where I'm only pouring about a fourth of a cup and then doing hot water the rest of the way up in my mug and it thins it out. So again, it's very strong. It's not going to knock you on your ass. It's just going to be something you can savor. In fact, you can water it down enough that you could give it to a child. It's it's almost a hot toddy concept where giving your kid a sip of it is not going to hurt them. In fact, it can help them to shake a little cold, a little cough if they've got something forming as well. So the mold wine has been very soothing and it was definitely something I was feeling a craving for along with oranges and mangoes. So I, <laughs> I love mangoes, but it is not it's out of season for them. And I don't even live in an area where they would grow natively, but that doesn't stop the fact that sometimes I just really want some mangoes. So I did enjoy some mangoes with my delicious uh, mulled wine the other night, and I regret nothing. Um, I'm still fine-tuning some of my recipes, and I will say I'm fine-tuning because I'm a very pinch and dash type of kitchen witch. I don't often measure things out. I just kind of stop adding when I feel like I should stop. And maybe I'll sit and think for a minute, eyeball it and say, no, I need to add like one or two more, you know, handfuls of this ingredient. But I know that doesn't work for everybody. So I am going to try to formalize my recipes a little bit more. But I do encourage if you already know how to cook, then the pinch and dash method will work fine for you because you've probably started developing that intuitive. I know what this tastes like. I know how it is going to impact the taste of everything else I'm adding it to. But if you are new to cooking and new to kitchen witchery, I can appreciate the need, the desire to have something a little more definitive, tablespoons versus like half a handful. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Though I will say with witchery, it is strongly encouraged, at least in, in the way I practice, to personalize. So even if I give you 
a recipe that is very clear cut, I do encourage you to make some changes. Swap something out, add something, just take something out entirely, increase a certain ingredient if you are fond of it. That way it's personalized. That is a very meaningful thing that you can do to add more of your own magic to the recipe. So some other fun things that I've been doing, um, I've been playing around with my own smoke blends. They have no nicotine, but there are certain herbs that are smokable. Do your research. You may have a very negative reaction to certain herbs, and I'm not talking about cannabis. Let's get that out of the way. Medicinal marijuana is actually legal in my state. Frankly, I think marijuana should just be illegal be legal across the board. But that said, I'm making smoke blends that are legal anywhere. I've been playing around with certain ingredients. Mugwort has been a lot of fun, or rather, I like to call it Crohn's wort. Um, it's been a lot of fun to play with. It's It smokes really nicely in a blend. I use... Um, Mullen as the base because it's nice and fluffy with just a little bit of Crohn's wort. Be careful with Crohn's wort. It's, it's great in a tea. It's got great purposes in teas, especially for women. Um, likewise with smoking it, likewise with burning it, um, as incense, but be careful with it because it is something that can absolutely induce a sort of head change. It is revered for its properties as a as a divining herb. It can help you connect psychically. Um, for a lot of people, it helps with lifting the veil. So it's really great to use when you are doing that kind of work. If you're doing any ancestral work, if you're doing any divination work, it is a great herb. So obviously, I smoked a little bit of it and burned it as incense along with some Palo Santo and frankincense, because that's always my favorite, on Samhain. And it was a very nice, very chill experience. It helped me just sort of feel that turning of seasons in my bones. Like I just, I felt fall. I felt like a part of fall more viscerally and really got a lot out of that. So I'm quite fond of Crohn's wort for multiple purposes. There's a great tea that I drink that also has Crohn's wort in it, but I do encourage you to, again, all things Crohn's wort related and any herb, use responsibly, make good choices, do your research. Make sure there's not going to be any drug interactions. If you are on any particular kind of medication, I am not a doctor. I give suggestions for things that work for me, maybe also work for other people, but I am not a doctor. Do not take medical advice from me, please. Do your own research. All right. I feel like I always have to add that disclaimer just to be safe anytime I start getting into these things. Um, so Crohn's wort, if you have not tried it, I, I do encourage you to try it if you feel it is safe for you, if you can be responsible. So for our Samhain, it actually rained and that made the trick-or-treating portion a little tricky and that's okay. Um, we still made the most of it. We had a great time, got stupid amounts of candy, 
My little one does not need as much candy as she wound up with. So we are definitely parceling that out. And we gave out loads of candy. And it was a joy. It is a really nice way to bring the community together. And obviously, you know, the holidays pass. But just keep this in mind for next year. If somebody is showing up to your door, who cares how old they are? Who cares if they're wearing a costume? Don't judge. Give them some fucking candy. All right. It's not a big deal. Give them some of your candy because nobody is too old to trick or treat. These are people that are disengaging from their electronics, who are going door to door, who aren't out causing problems. So give them some candy. Reward that good behavior. They're doing exactly the thing that most people gripe that teens and older kids should be doing. But for some reason, we want to gatekeep and say, oh, well, not right now. Reward them. Give them some candy. If they come and they're not in a costume, if it's especially, oh, gosh, like little kids, stuff like that. If they're not in a costume, don't be judgy. Maybe they had a costume and something happened to it. They can't wear it now. It got dirty. They had an accident. It got torn up. It got too cold. It got too hot. Whatever. Just give them some candy. Also, costumes are cheap in material and expensive in cost. And maybe 20 bucks for a costume isn't expensive to you, but you're not them. You're not their parents. So just have a little compassion and give them some candy. I used to be that judgmental asshole that I might give the kids some candy, but then would grumble and grouse. And you know what? I realized I was griping about a very specific ethnic demographic when I did that. So I was being that asshole that was bitching essentially subconsciously about a group of people coming to our country, participating in our holiday and our cultural tradition, but they weren't doing it to my satisfaction. They weren't doing it up to my standards. So I was being a judgmental asshole. Man, what a bitchy thing to do. But I did it. And fortunately, I've outgrown that attitude. Like, I can admit now that I was an asshole, but that I educated myself. I opened up my mind. I became more compassionate. I became more inclusive in my way of thinking. And now I can look and be like, whoop, that wasn't okay. Now, conversely, I try not to be too judgmental of people who are walking that path now. People who are needing to get to that point. But my patience is finite. My patience is finite on people being bigots, even though I was one. I, it's still, I can only be patient for so long because there is a line where bigotry becomes too toxic and too damaging. You know, like if your bigotry makes you feel entitled to go shoot up a yoga studio, that, that would probably be a line. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's in the news and I'm not even going to judge you for needing to stay away from the news. Every time I go on, I'm like, Oh, look, it's all horrible. <laughs> Again, back to needing to breathe into a brown paper bag and burn effigies because, Oh, look, it's all horrible, but it's not a horrible. We're just hearing the horrible stuff. You know, what's great. Voter turnout has been amazing. I am so off topic. I just glanced down at my notes because I'm trying to get away from scripted. I stumble a lot less if I'm not scripted, but that said, I can get away from, I still have to have a few notes and apparently I've veered off. It was raining for our holiday. That's what I was going to mention. 
So I set out a container to gather the rain, and now I have Samhain rainwater. Woo! And I definitely have a couple of fun uses. Again, I think it will be great for some ancestral work, for some spirit work, for some seen-through-the-veil work. So I have got my precious little bottle of Samhain rainwater waiting for me. And I am very pleased about that. I am running out of space for all my jars. By the way, witches out there, save your jars. Glass jars are the bomb and you will always... Why go buy some when so many things that you're going to use anyway come in glass jars and once they're empty, boom, glass jar. Heck yes. So save your glass jars, okay? You can soak them to remove the labels. And then I like to when label everything once you've put something in it. I don't care how sure you are that you're going to remember what is in that jar. And when you put it in the jar, you will forget something at some point. So you know what? Duct tape. I'm very fond of duct tape. Can you tell? Slap some duct tape on there. Write what's in the jar. Write when it went in the jar. I did that with my tinctures. I should be able to recognize what my cinnamon tincture looks like. That's great. I'm still going to label it because it's a good habit to get into. I also make notes in my, uh, my book of shadows. It's, um, it's almost more like just a witchy workbook than a book of shadows, really a grimoire, whatever, but I'll make a note like, Hey, today I got these tinctures going. So that's also, it's a good backup to have in case some, you know, the label gets rubbed off somehow, like the writing on the label, use a Sharpie and it shouldn't, but it never hurts to take precautions. Cause let me tell you something. If you have a mystery bottle you crack it open and you can't tell what it is, you need to dump that out. Yeah. I mean, realistically, tinctures, if you're using um, full like alcohol, I use vodka. More on that later. I mean, that's going to hold up for years. Realistically, like it can hold up for years. But still, if I'm looking and I don't know if I'm looking at a skullcap or a feverfew or wormwood tincture, probably need to just dump it out, you know, because those all have different properties and there are some purposes you don't want to mix up. You don't want to accidentally take feverfew um, to rest and relax as you would with skullcap. Skullcap can be a nice uh, nervine and I wouldn't want to mix those two up. Oh, How about, let's get more specific, wormwood, yikes, no, I would not want to mix those two up. So the label matters. And I was also going to say, in terms of saving your jars, you can soak the labels off. You need to make sure they are sterilized. You need to be sure to wash them thoroughly, the lids too, because even though you are using alcohol, why take the risk? And if you're doing something like making a four thieves vinegar or fire cider while a lot of the ingredients going into those have a lot of antimicrobial properties why risk it why risk contamination just don't boost it by taking the time to cleanse property properly you're gonna cleanse properly before you do a spell right i hope so i hope you're taking time to center yourself before you do your spell working and then getting a good shake off afterwards. 
And the same needs to apply when you are doing any spellworking or kitchen witchery with the tools that you use, like your jars and your spoons and your funnels and your sieves. So please take time to be careful with those items. And I mentioned vodka. So I have just a ridiculous amount of vodka left over from my wedding. I still have just so much vodka left over. And I didn't have all the ingredients I wanted to make tinctures, but I do now. I have more and more ingredients. So that is why I've been doing a little bit of a tincture frenzy. There's a part of me, I love to be efficient. So there's a part of me that just wants to make literal gallons of just all-purpose tincture, but I'm not going to. The reason I'm not going to is because it is ideal to get in the habit of carefully monitoring the exact amount of any given herb root that you are using. And that's hard to do if you're dumping it all into a jar, shaking vigorously and hoping for the best. So instead of doing that, I am getting in the habit of making individual tinctures of the desirable components. That way I can have more control. If I want to make a blend, I make a blend with the tinctures that I have as individual components. I did give myself permission to have one all-purpose tincture. And like I said, it is going to be a doozy of a tincture. I, I can't wait to test that out. I am going to be my own guinea pig because I am a good witch in this regard and will not force this possible abomination on anyone else. But when you make tinctures, it is very tempting to say, okay, well, so for me, sage and thyme play together so nicely. I love them in teas together. But then once I get started, I'm like, oh, but I could add some rosemary too. And, you know, I'll add some chamomile to lighten it. Before I know it, I've got a Franken tea, like what I'm drinking now, my Franken tea. I will do the same with tinctures if I'm not careful. I am trying to get in the habit. Yes, well, it wouldn't hurt if I just do sage and thyme together as a tincture. And I'm forcing myself to step back and do each individual tincture, each ingredient as a standalone in a tincture, because again, it's better to mix later. And what I remind myself of is that as much as I love my Franken tea, I don't blend all my herbs together in one big jar. I keep all my herbs separate and then add my couple of handfuls of rubbed sage, add just a pinch of thyme. That's a lie. Add a couple handfuls of thyme. Guys, sage and thyme together with chamomile, just those three alone. Such a good tea. Such a great tea. And then you can get wild and add some other things. But I don't pre-mix them. I keep them all separate. And when I remind myself of that, it is easier to get a grip. Now, there are certain times when it's, again, absolutely appropriate to add things all together. I would not make a vinegar of each separate component to then make Four Thieves vinegar or fire cider. Like, nope. Those, by nature, are perfect for throwing in everything but the kitchen sink. And then maybe the kitchen sink, too. I'm the person who also throws in the kitchen sink. Those are intended to be blended together like that. So 
part of my practice, part of my kitchen witchery is breaking habits that I have. I try to, you know, if I make an all-purpose cleaner, um, which I, I make some of my own cleaning products at home as well as numerous other things, I want to throw in everything that cleans. Well, it's good to be more mindful and get in the habit of, I'll have one that's dedicated. It's, it's sort of my clove based cleaner. Another one that's my orange based cleaner. Another one that's my tea tree based cleaner. Another one that, well, I might combine tea tree and rosemary actually. Yeah, I probably would, but you get the idea. Separate it out so that I get better at separating out my intentions so that I am more focused on what I need to do for each individual goal that I'm trying to manifest. And that seems like such a, a minor thing, very much a, a micro in the sense of the macro. And it is, but you have to get into those habits. It's just like labeling a jar of your cinnamon tincture where you're like, I know this is cinnamon. I'm not going to confuse this for anything else. Label it anyway, so that you're in the habit. Similarly, get in the habit of identifying the individual property, the individual goal, purpose of your cleaning product, of your tincture, of your herb that you're adding to your tea so that you're mindful, so that your intent is more focused, so that when you put it all together, you have a more holistic perspective on what you're trying to manifest. It'd be like if you do a money spell and you go, mint for money, bay for success in getting money, cinnamon for money, clove for money. Okay. I'm not saying that's not going to work, but I am saying how focused is that spell going to be? Like how well have you imagined the steps necessary on the micro and macro levels needed for money? And where do you want that money to come from? And what do you want that money for? How focused is that spell? How focused is your intent? How focused will the manifestation be? You might just wind up finding dimes here and there versus, you know, you shouldn't do spells to win the lottery, my personal belief. But let's say, how likely are you to fortuitously stumble across $100? Versus finding a bunch of dimes. If your spell is all higgledy piggledy, if you're just saying money, money, money. Likewise, if I'm throwing my herbs together and saying health, 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 health. Okay, okay. In theory, it, it should help my health, but am I identifying something that needs to be increased or decreased? Do I need a decrease in undesirable symptoms or an increase in desirable symptoms? And what herbs play a part in either the decrease or increase? Do some have a dual purpose? Being aware of the herbs properties of your intent helps you better target your goal when you're working your magic. By the way, I am pausing this on occasion to take a sip of my tea. And I should add, I've got my my nice little hodgepodge blend of tea. And I added just, ooh, I would say again, about fourth cup, if maybe like one or two shots, air quote, shot glass worth of the mulled wine. 
And oh, it's so good because there's that hint of elderberry and cinnamon and ginger. So the more rooty type herbs, the the woody herbs that require a uh, decoction where you're having to boil them down. So those from the mold wine, plus the very soft, very gentle um, tea. So the infusion herbs coming together. And so they're both well-balanced because if you try to make a decoction with your, your gentle flowers, you're going to obliterate them and your medicinal properties. And likewise, you're not going to get the same um, what is the word I'm looking for? I'll say nutrition. You're not going to get the same nutrition, the same benefits if you just lightly steep cinnamon or ginger. Well, ginger, actually, you can go either way with ginger. Simmer gently or steep for a very long time. But anyway, having them blended together, oh, it's so good. So I am pausing occasionally to like take a couple sips and I'm, I, every time I do, I'm like, mm, I wish I could just literally magic like six ounces of it into your cup right now for you to try. It is really a good, I didn't think I was going to put the two together. It was a happy accident before I came into my recording closet and it is working out very well. I do apologize. I know this is a little bit all over the place and I know that it's a little bit late as far as episodes go, so I will take time now to say there has just been so much going on, all of these things happening that seem wildly relevant that I desperately wanted to talk about, but at the same time, I felt an obligation to thoroughly research before I could say something about, and I let that hold me back. I let uncertainty start to hold me back. I was not listening to my cards, in short. My readings were giving me some very clear directions and I let doubt start to interfere and some consequences started happening. I started getting some very real consequences for having having doubt, doubting myself. You know, if you use magic but then question the magic, um, you're kind of poisoning the well. You're you're just hurting yourself. And I was doing that. So this is me being really vulnerable. I've mentioned vulnerability before. This is me being very vulnerable saying, well, I've had loads of great episode ideas and then just didn't record them because I questioned how good they would be, how effective they would be, how meaningful they would be. And so now here I am sort of flying off the cuff, doing my best with a bit of a scratchy voice even. Uh, because I knew if I continued to wait to feel like I was 100% knowledgeable on any one topic that I wanted to discuss, if I waited till I felt 100% better, then I might never get around to doing this. And I don't want this to be something that fades out. It means a lot to me to be able to do. I feel like I'm putting some good out there. Hopefully I'm a voice of encouragement for a lot of people or validation because God knows we need it right now. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna toughen up. I'm gonna get strict with myself. I'm gonna believe in myself. I have a right to my thoughts and I have a right to share facts. Opinions are great, but there are certain things that it's, it, it can't be opinions versus facts. And, uh, I do want to talk about meaningful facts 
with you guys and again through a witchy lens because magic was absolutely a tool used by the oppressed and we need to keep that in mind we need to be willing to use our magic to stand against oppressive values and to stand up for those who do not have our privileges um i know i keep coming back to this because it is something that weighs heavily on my mind i have i have friends acquaintances of of all stripes of people of people groups who face all manner of oppression and i want to be speaking with for all of them and you know what even if i didn't even if i didn't know a single trans person or a single person of color there's still people i shouldn't have to know somebody from an oppressed group to recognize oppression and when you vote please vote with those people in mind if you have a friend so that you can put a human face to an issue great if you don't i'm not here to shame you i'm just here to say remember that they're people when you vote ask yourself if the person you're voting for values giving more to people who already have so much and taking away from people who already have so little or if you're voting for somebody who is not trying to take away the rights of the privileged they're literally just trying to give those same privileges to people who don't have them you are not going to lose your privilege just because an oppressed group gets the same privilege so please keep that in mind when you vote it matters your vote matters be there for people if they if they need help there are go online find your voting place give people rides i've already put a call out that i'm available to give people rides so do what you can participate vote compassionately vote meaningfully use your magic to protect those who need protecting and to bind if not more those who need to be bound i wish you all well please be safe and remember find your balance be your best self and take no shit